Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. All right, everybody. Good evening as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Did you know that 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? What do you got to do? Visit Geico.com for a free rate. Quote, he's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. A busy Saturday night right here on Fox Sports Radio. How you doing, Aaron? The bad boys of radio are on the airwaves, Arnie. We are I know the sh- you look. By the that? way, I I know you're looking forward to next week when I'm coming out to Los Angeles to do the show live. No, you're not. Are you? I'm, I'm coming. What is wrong? Don't you guys get memos, emails well, out there about my arrival? I am coming in Wednesday. What for two full weeks back to back weekends? Coming back to Cali. Well, listen. I'm ad- going back to Cali or whatever it is. Well, here's the deal. I asked yeah. you last week, I said, can we get out to Vegas to do a, a remote show? And you said, oh, I can't get to Vegas for Saturday. I have yeah. I have other responsibities. So yeah. I, I, so now that, you're just wait, coming wait, to Do California? I sound like that? Do I sound I have other responsibilities. You sounded really mature when you refused to come to <laughs> Vegas. Unrelated, if you're going to be here for two weeks, that second week is the weekend that I have that previous commitment to Vegas. So the, oh. ba- the bad boys of radio, it's only going to be one week in person. It's be great well, though. Fire that's a good. That's a good week for me to bring in pizza. Then I guess so. There you go. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It's. Uh, I'll miss you. But listen, we're gonna. It'll be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited are, for next week. 
All right, lots to get to, obviously. It's a busy night. Uh, if you want to get into the show, you want to send us tweets, we should get them like we're rock stars, for crying out loud. Uh, he's Aaron Torres, A-A-R-O-N underscore Torres, T-O-R-R-E-S, and I'm at Stinking Genius one so go ahead and figure that one out if you want. Almost at the half, 49-45 OKC uh, with the lead over Utah. Just to touch on that one real quick, the, Utah got off to a, an early like 16-8, 16-10 lead like that I'm like, oh boy, they're flexing their muscle. They're, they're feeling good. I, I, was, I thought they were going to kind of run away with this. And next thing I know, here comes OKC. Especially at home. That was my thought too, Arnie. Yeah. Uh, but maybe we all threw a little too much dirt on the OKC grave too early here. Now, uh, there's still a lot of basketball left in this game and in this series. But I mean, I think this was the trendy upset pick, if, if you want to call it that, five over four going into the playoffs. And, and OKC, I think, has been the better team for the better part of this series. Yeah, yeah, you know they have been the better team, and that's kind of surprising because Utah is so strong at home. But again, it's early. We'll see how it plays out. We'll keep our eye on that night, even at halftime, close game. We'll see what's going on there. Minnesota uh, gets home court win. They get a good victory there, one twenty one one oh five in that one. Uh, they look good. They were strong. They were flexing their muscle. Houston uh, couldn't do anything defensively against them. One hundred twenty one points, and the Rockets had a tough time offensively. Aaron. Yeah, I mean, do you think that they looked that good, or do you think this was Minnesota, the one game where they... Yeah, apt- yeah I was gonna, that's what I was going to ask you. No, go ahead. I jumped in there. <laughs> you did. It's okay. We're the bad boys of radio. This is what we do. By the way, I coined that term for us about 30 seconds before we went on air. I asked, I I asked it. Raider Ryan and Mike, I said, are there any other bad boys of radio at Fox Sports Radio? That's they- not my name. Do not call me Raider <laughs> Ryan. Stop it. I'm sorry. Regular don't, Ryan. Don't uh, apologize do, to do him. We, so do I call you Regular Ryan? Is that No, Raider Ryan's oh, fine. No, he doesn't my, know his name. No, my name is Papa Bear. <laughs> Papa Bear. I don't call grown men Papa Bear. I just, <laughs> I, yeah, I get in I just, trouble. You get in trouble with that one. Yeah, I just don't do it. All right, but the big game, of course, Philadelphia 106-102 over Miami. Um Everybody's losing their marbles on, on the Philadelphia 76ers. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm really at about wit's end because – the first thing is I'm against everything that the Sixers and the Sixer fans stand for. I mean, here's a team. Ooh. I mean, really, they tanked for how many years? Three, four years. They were worthless all that time. How long? Actually, they've been worthless for a lot more than that. But, Aaron, well, they're, they're against everything I stand for. When, you, when well, you do like that in sports and life, that's not the way you're supposed to do things. Well, I, I actually completely disagree. This is great. We're going to disagree off the top here because the way you're supposed to do things in life is put a plan together and attack, as Jim Harbaugh would say, with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. And to me, that was the plan for Philadelphia. Bottom out, get bad. Uh, But use that time to develop players within the system, which they did, Robert Covington, TJ McConnell, and then put yourself in a position to get superstars, which they did with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Let me ask you, you are a Knicks fan. Would you rather go through the, the, the wandering desert that you're in the middle of right now where whatever it's been 20 years since you've really been relevant, or would you rather take four or five years, gut this thing from the bottom, and start from scratch? To me, I think Philadelphia actually did it right. No, I I, I want to be in the playoffs. Well, I, wanna, I don't care. Well, you've been I don't trying. Care. You've been trying, I, I, and you haven't been there. 
I don't, but I don't care for a number eight seed or what. I don't want to lose 60, 70 games to possibly have a chance at the number one seed. And by the way, there's no guarantee that not only are you going to get a number one pick or a number two pick, that you're even going to pick the right person or that right person even turns out to be a superstar or that can help you right away. It, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's not even a foolproof system. Philadelphia got lucky by able to get some of the top picks there. And sure, things turned out a little bit way there was a couple of injuries along the way but that's not the right way to do things that they just got a little bit of luck along the way there Aaron what do they say luck is where preparation meets opportunity that's that's you know to me like this is something that that I I don't know if it's luck I mean yeah a little bit because Joel Embiid fell to number three because of injuries but they still took a calculated risk but I think to your point there were years where they were bad and they, uh, you know, they didn't get the break. You know, they, they, like I said, they fell to number three with Joel Embiid. There was no guarantee that he was going to be the player that he's become. There were other years where they fell to the second, third pick, uh, where they, you know, didn't get the player that they wanted. And so, to me, I don't know. Like, like to me, the end. Of, I, the, you say you want to make the playoffs, but isn't the end game to win the championship? I mean, do you really, as a Knicks fan, I know you just want to make the playoffs because that's what you want. But to me, I don't know, Arnie. I, I just feel like, yeah, it's nice to make the playoffs, but aren't we all playing for that, that big gold trophy at the end of the year? Are we? Okay, yeah, of course you're playing for the big gold trophy, but that doesn't mean you have to be. The, well, first of all, it only could be one worst team. Let's, let's go ahead and start with that. And then you got, look what's happening in sports. You got baseball. I mean, you must have like eight or nine teams that are tanking out there. They're, they're battling to see who's going to be the worst out there. This is not good. For sports, when teams start tanking like that, let me, let me explain something to you. What about the fans that pay good money, their hard-earned money, the fathers that don't make a lot of dough out there, that don't even make, say, six figures, that want to take their kid to one or two basketball games or some baseball games or, or football games, and their favorite team is tanking. They're going to a game where they're going to lose by 30. What about fans like that? We should, ah, the hell with that, right? Forget about that, Aaron. Well, again, the alternative, would you rather spend the same money to watch a dysfunctional Knicks team that goes through coaches like nobody's business that can't decide on a system or a group of players, or they get Porzingis and put the wrong guys around him, or they they get Carmelo and let him run the ship into the ground. I mean, to me, uh, I don't know. I just to me, it's well, like, why does it have to be one or the other? Either you have to tank it completely, or you're just in nowhere's land. You can't compete for a for a championship. You can't get into the playoffs and work your backside off. Look at Utah. I mean, you have a, a bunch of no names for the most part on that team. Look at the Celtics. Their top two players gone. I mean. Kyrie Irving gone. Hey, we're gone at the beginning of the year, and look at them stepping it up. Why? Why can't but you fight it out? Didn't the Celtics after Ke- they didn't they trade Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce for all those draft picks, and didn't they use those draft picks on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? And they were bad for two or three years. Now it wasn't as extensive because, to your point, they hired a really good coach who got them to overachieve. But, you know, you look at them last year as a number one seed. They were number one seed with Isaiah Thomas as their best player. So they overachieved in the process of rebuilding. But to me, they were still a rebuilding organization. To me, and I think it's a point that you were maybe going to bring up later in the show, I think a team like Golden State has been worse for the NBA than a team like Philadelphia has 
Because Golden State was so good last year that I think there were probably a lot of teams last offseason that said, we got no shot here. Let's start building for two, three, four, five years down the road rather than trying to compete right away. So to me, I think that a team like Golden State that's already good and adding more great players is worse for the overall health top to bottom of the sport than a team like Philadelphia. That should be our Paul question. Who? Because, I mean, remember when Kevin Durant signed with Golden State? It was like, oh my goodness, the super team. It's so bad for the NBA. And now you got people like me who said, oh my goodness, look at Philadelphia tanking. That's so bad for the NBA. So damn if you do, damn if you don't. I don't know which. I, 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 I actually hate both teams. Well, I hate that Golden State has the super team, and I hate that Philadelphia, you know, built from tanking. I, I, I hate that the, both ways they did it there, Aaron. I was going to say, you know what the worst alternative is? Being what? the Brooklyn Nets who are bad and don't have draft picks. How about that? Yeah. That's yeah. just, I, I mean, thankfully they don't have any fans. Otherwise, they would really be miserable. But, uh, but that's the worst of it all, being really bad and not having any draft picks to look forward to. And then, of course, people are like, oh, Philadelphia, the changing of the guard. They're the Eastern Conference. LeBron's going down. There's no other team. The Celtics are going down. And, of course, we know that Philadelphia is a young team. Let's see how healthy they stayed during the course of the next couple of years. And it's so funny. I mean, geez, they're just getting going now. It's just their first playoffs, and already we're anointing them the next great thing. I think it's hysterical. Yeah, I think we're a little bit ahead of schedule on that one. Not because, look, I think if I was, say, hypothetically going to Vegas in two weeks and you made me – bet on an Eastern Conference champion, I would probably take the 76ers. But I don't, you know, we do this in sports so much of, of oh, they've got these two or three young guys and it, it's an inevitability. Well, you know, what happens if LeBron goes somewhere next year? What happens if the Celtics get healthy next year with Kyrie and Gordon Hayward? There's other teams. Toronto has won 50 games for three straight years. So yeah. I, I'm not ready to anoint them anything, but I will say this right now, I don't know, they do look like the team to beat for me in the East, but again, I just feel like it's come too easy for them, and I feel like they're going to face some roadblocks along the way here. you got to love some of these uh, Twitter handles. 420 Specialist says, The 76ers are a professional basketball team. Losing on purpose to accumulate picks is so unprofessional, it's an embarrassment to the history of the franchise. Remember, once great franchise, Moses Malone, uh, Mo Cheeks, Bobby Jones, Codwell Jones, it is. It's an embarrassment to the diehard Philadelphia fans back in the day, Aaron. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I, guess. I, I, I mean, sure. I mean, sure. A lot of them might not even be around to enjoy this at this time. But, you know, like to me, again, I, I think here's the thing. I think that most fans are smart enough to understand if the organization is transparent and say, because if you remember before this whole thing, before this, this the, the process, if you will, there was a two or three year stretch where they were the 8 seed, the 7 seed, whatever, and they got run out of the building every year. And they just said, you know what, it, it was actually the opposite of what you said, Arnie. I'm not saying you're right or wrong or anything like that, but what, what Philadelphia basically decided was, we don't want to be the 8 seed with no chance to compete. Let's tear this thing down. But the point I'm trying to make is that I think as long as the organization is honest with the fans, and I think the organization was honest with the fans, and so to me, it's hard for me to get that mad. If you're the dad, first of all, tickets were probably pretty cheap because <laughs> the team was really bad, but two, as long as you're up front about it as opposed to, again, say, being a Knicks fan, being a, 
you know, I can't think of another team off the top of my head, but there are a lot of teams that are trying to win and are just totally dysfunctional. How about being a Sacramento Kings fan? I'd rather be a Philly fan than a Sacramento Kings fan, I can tell you that much. Well, you had to go to Sacramento, all right? So you got me on that one. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and give you on that one. All right, uh, we're off and running. Lots going on. The Red Sox are getting no hit. We'll keep you updated on that. But uh, when we get back, it is starting to really heat up. In the NFL draft, major, oh, did I jinx the no-hitter? Major news coming out. Let's see which one's BS, which one's not BS. We'll cipher it all with Benjamin Albright. He'll stop on by as we talk NFL draft next right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, this segment of the show brought to you by Granger, the products and services that you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help you keep your facility running. Granger. For the ones who get it done. All right. Uh, by the way, A's have a three nothing lead. Who's it? Sean Manea. Did I get that right? Uh, Pitcher to no hitter. You'll be hearing that name a lot. Well, it's uh, two outs, two and two in the top of the ninth for the Red Sox. So they're down to the last strike. Uh, otherwise, they're about to get new no hit. Actually, it's a full count. But uh, let's go to the Geico. Uh, Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline joining us now. Uh, you could tweet him at Albright NFL. He's the NFL draft analyst and host on Mile High Sports Radio in Denver. It's Benjamin Albright. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing great. How are my uh, my two favorites doing this evening? Oh, we're doing great, my friend. Hey, right off the bat, I want to know, how do you make sense of who's telling the truth, who's not telling the truth, what information's good, what's not good, about all the stuff coming out from all these different teams out there? How do you, or do you just assume everything is BS? You, you tell me. <laughs> uh, you just assume it's all a lie. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to have some uh, some working relationships that uh, that I've, I've had for a long time, and um, you know, a lot of how I get information is also giving information I got from other places. So I think guys know and respect that um, if they want to continue to receive correct information from me, that you know they have to provide correct information back, or they're not going to get you know that information from me in the future. See, Arnie stole my first question. That's exactly what I was about to ask. <laughs> so, so now that we've cut through all the BS, who are the Browns taking at number one? You got the yeah. answer. What do we got? <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's, I will tell you it's going to be a quarterback. Um, they, uh, you know, there's, there's still some, some internal discussion that they haven't finalized it. Um, you know, there's some people in there that want Baker Mayfield, some that want Josh Allen, some that want Sam Darnold. Uh, Darnold's kind of been the apple of their eye dating back to January, but, uh, you know, there was some, some, uh, talk that maybe his visit up there in Cleveland didn't go as well as perhaps it could have, uh, that kind of reignited the debates. So we'll see how it goes. I would, uh, my gut says Sam Darnold, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, Giants at number two, the key to this draft, because if they really don't want a quarterback, I don't think you could take Saquon Barkley at number two when you can get a King's ransom uh, for that second pick. So uh, do they take a, if they don't want a quarterback, they've got the trade down, don't they? Well, I, I certainly would. Uh, the idea that you would take a running back at two is is absolutely ludicrous. Um, you know, that fifth year option on that running back on a contract taking a two overall is going to be something like twenty million dollars. Uh, insane leverage to give a running back that uh, uh, you know it's in contract negotiations at year four. You can't pay that for a running back. So, um, 
you know, I, I think that uh, if I'm the if I'm the Giants, we play coy about it and pretend like we're either going to take a quarterback or running back, tell the uh, the Bills give us just the max offer that they will, and then we take all their picks and uh, and move back. And the A's did get a no hitter, Aaron. So wow, the A's get a no hitter. They hit no hit the Red Sox, who were seventeen to two coming into the game. But go ahead. Uh, very, I don't know how to transition smoothly there. Wow, you put me on the spot there, Arnie. <laughs> That's all right. Go ahead. I was going to ask about Baker Mayfield. So this is my question kind of in a, the broader sense. We've heard a lot of, and I think frankly unfairly, that this kid is Johnny Manziel 2.0, a little bit reckless off the field and obviously a phenomenal player on the field. Again, I think it's unfair. I think you know everything that I've heard, he had one bad night that got caught on video by police surveillance, all that stuff. My question to you is, this is a talking point publicly, but privately, are NFL teams really genuinely concerned about Baker Mayfield, the guy, as much as the quarterback? No, they are not. Uh, the media loves to seize on stuff like that because it sells articles and, you know, and, uh, uh, it sells, uh, click, it gets you a lot of clicks and stuff like that. Read the latest Baker thing. That's why they love Johnny so much, the spectacle, because people are always clicking those things. But, uh, the reality is that Baker had one bad night on Dixon Street in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and, uh, uh, he got, uh, you know, he tried to run and he got tackled by, uh, by the officer there, which incidentally is a guy I served with in Iraq, and he was an absolute liability at middle linebacker on our flag football team. Wow. But, uh, props to him on the, uh, Props to him on the tackle there. What is that true? Was he? Did yeah, you really that actually is true. Wow! I oh my goodness, that is unbelievable. Did you ever talk to him after that incident or what? Oh yeah, he actually uh, he actually he actually phoned me uh, the next day on that and was uh, was like, uh, "There's going to be a video coming out, and you'll see I can actually tackle." Like, <laughs> uh-huh. I, I did did he uh, did he feel bad about the whole thing, or he was just saying I was just doing oh, my yeah. job? Yeah, yeah, I was just doing his job thing, but it's something we like to get a good laugh about. <laughs> I was going to ask, uh, staying in the quarterback theme, uh, back to. The football stuff here, uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, we've heard it's been such a roller coaster since his career ended at Louisville. Obviously, speculation, not having an agent, all that stuff. I mean, what is the buzz now that we're so close to the draft about this kid? Well, he's he's one of two very polarizing uh, prospects at the quarterback position in this draft. Himself and Josh Rosen, where teams either love the guy or don't like him at all. Um, there are some teams that, that very, very much like him. The Los Angeles Chargers absolutely love him. Um, so you know, there there are teams that that love him, and I think that he could go as early as uh, you know, maybe like I said, the Chargers that pick right there in the first round, or he could go all the way to the you know the back half of the first. It just depends on uh, you know how people prioritize their value, but. Um, you know, I, I think he, if you can find a team like, for instance, the Chargers, who have an established starter, uh, where he can sit, uh, maybe a year and, uh, and, and kind of get some mentorship, I think he could be something in the league, but, uh, he's not the guy you want to throw out there starting right away. He'll, you'll ruin him, uh, kind of the way they ruined RG3. Benjamin Albright joining us on the Geico Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline. What do you hear about the Patriots? They got two first round picks. Tom Brady's not getting any younger. We're getting all the news leaking out of Patriot camp. You know, Belichick wanted to keep Garoppolo around. Now we're really laughing that all he did was get a second round pick. Uh, do they use one of those picks to get the air apparent to Tom Brady or, or they pass on a quarterback? Well, I think they'd have to trade up to get the guy they want. I got a text message back when they made that Brandon Cooks trade that uh, they were very interested in Josh Rosen. I'm not sure they can get up high enough to get him. Uh, he's going to slip a little on draft day, but I'm still not sure they can get up and get him with those two picks that they've got. So, um, you know, I think they'll look maybe to the day two, day three, 
see if there's a guy they can coach up, a guy like Kyle Lalletta. Uh, I think he checks all the boxes that they like there, smart leadership guy. Um, and Lalletta, incidentally enough, uh, used to play lacrosse, something Belichick likes, and his father was, uh, was at Navy. So uh, there's some cross connections there, and I think that's probably the name to keep an eye on. Last one for me, uh, we spent so much time talking about the quarterbacks, obviously Saquon Barkley, Bradley Chubb, all these kind of guys. Is there anybody that you're hearing uh, wasn't projected maybe a month ago to go in the first round that you're hearing is moving up draft boards as we get closer? I don't know about uh, somebody that's getting into the first round that maybe wouldn't have been. Frank Ragnow, maybe, uh, the offensive lineman out of Arkansas. Um, he's one that would, would probably fit that mold. Um, but a guy that people I, I don't think have been rating highly enough, and we're finally starting to see it here towards uh, towards draft day, is Denzel Ward. He could go as high as four or five uh, in this draft, and he's not been really talked about that high. Uh, but watch for him to go higher than people think. All right, he's Benjamin Albright, NFL Draft Analyst, also host of Mile High Sports Radio in Denver. I know it's a busy time for you. Enjoy the week next week, my friend. Thanks uh, for giving us a few minutes. Absolutely, guys. Take care. Thanks, no, ben. thanks a lot, man. Always good to speak to him. I'm I'm pumped about the draft. Are you a draft geek? Are you the type of guy that's going to watch all the days and every second of it? Or do you you got to get a little bit of a break from it? What about that? Arnie, I love the draft. Yeah. But to your first question which was the smartest one we had the entire interview. Yeah. I don't like the lead-up to the draft. And it's tough because we're in, a, uh, in an interesting business. We have to be interesting. We have to find topics that are easy to talk about and easy to digest and easy to debate. And I get why everyone loves draft coverage, but all of the misdirection that all of these teams put out uh, in these weeks, you know, you, you mentioned what all, everything the Browns have done. Are they going to take a quarterback at number one? Are they going to take Saquon? Are they going to trade the number one pick? Are they going to trade the number four pick? Are they going to take two quarterbacks? All this stuff just for the Browns. It drives me bonkers, Arnie. Oh. I'm going to love the draft, but these first cu- these last couple weeks leading into the draft drives me a little loco. Well, that's why you leave it to the experts. That's why for the best NFL draft coverage, you tune into Fox Sports Radio on Thursday night. Listen to this. Jay Glazer, Joel Klatt. I love Joel Klatt. I love Jay Glazer. Love Joel Klatt. Chris Spielman, Kurt Menefree. They're going to be broadcasting live uh, on the side of the draft within AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, throughout the entire first round. By the way, Jay Glazer, uh, the last three years, has correctly predicted every single first-round pick. Can he do it again this year and go 32 for 32? So listen Thursday night on Fox Sports Radio. And along, hey, I'll also use the iHeartRadio app beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern, that's 5 Pacific, to hear the very best NFL draft coverage on the radio during the entire first round of the NFL draft. So I am definitely looking forward to that draft time on Thursday. All right, uh, before the show, we talk about topics. Aaron sends about 52 million topics. I send about 52 million topics. Out of the 104 million topics we sent, we will tell you which our producer, which one the producer picked to talk about next. So we'll get to that, but uh, let's check in with DeSager because we got a no-hitter, DeSager. Yes, at Oakland, Sean Manaya with a microscopic ERA, five great starts to begin the season, going up against a Boston team that had won eight in a row, was 17-2 and two on the year, and yet two outs in the ninth. A guy who had walked the first batter of the game, Manaya walked a batter with two outs in the ninth. So, man on, ninth, A's radio. This is how it sounded. 2-0 pitch, and it's on the way, and it's swung on a ground ball to short. Simeon's got it, throws to second for the first, and Sean Manaya has no hit 
mound at the Coliseum in Oakland. 3-0 Oakland the final. The Red Sox did have an infield single top of the sixth, guys. But then it was overturned by the umpires because on replay, the batter ran out of the baseline trying to avoid the tag near first oh. base. Also earlier, the A shortstop dropped a pop-up in short left field. That was ruled in error. I mentioned the two walks. It's a no-hitter for Manaya and the A's beat Boston 3 to nothing. The Mets were doing very well this year, 14-5. and then gave up two runs in the eighth, two in the bottom of the ninth, and lost tonight at Atlanta 4-3. The loss to closer Juris Familia, who lost on a bunt single. Milwaukee hit a solo homer bottom of the ninth to edge Miami 6-5. Five straight wins for the Brewers. NBA playoffs, the late game is approaching mid-third quarter at Utah. It's the Jazz 65-63 over Oklahoma City. Minnesota beat number 1 Houston 121-105. New Orleans completed a four-game sweep of Portland 131-123. And Philadelphia is up three games to one after a victory today at Miami 106-102. NASCAR's 400 was on Fox TV tonight. The winner at Richmond, Kyle Busch. NHL playoff wins for Tampa Bay, which eliminated New Jersey. Washington, which got an overtime win, and Toronto, which is still alive in the first round. Back to you. All right. Thanks a lot to Sager. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Just go to geico.com or give them a call, 1-800-947-AUTO. And the only hard part, well, that's figuring out which way is easier. All right. Where is our producer, Eminem, who we talked to about a thousand times before the show today? You there, Eminem? Yeah, I'm here. All right. Tell everybody, we sent you, Aaron and I came up with about 100 million topics. Yes, you guys, gave me a, you guys gave me quite a list. I, yes. I, I, I have a bunch of pages that I had to sift through to figure out hey, how to fill two hours here. It's like an encyclopedia. Tell everybody yeah. the one topic you wanted us to talk about this segment. Well, well specifically, considering... In the no, 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 you see, now you're already backtracked. Read what you wrote on the sheet I, I, of paper. What I wrote on the sheet exactly of paper. verbatim. Verbatim. Do verbatim. the Pelicans have a chance word. against the Golden State Warriors? Could the Pelicans pose a threat to the Warriors? Uh, you're fired. All right? You see, Aaron, we're going to have to need a new producer right off the bat. I mean, Seriously? Seriously? Are you kidding me now? I mean, we're going to start putting the, Pelic- the Pelicans on the same level as the Golden State Warriors because they look good in, in the first round? This is why we call us the Bad Boys Radio. You're George Steinbrenner just firing people on yeah. the spot here. Yeah, um, he's fired. I, you know, first of all, Mike, it was it was really fun working with you. It man. was. I, yeah. I, I appreciate everything you've done for us. One so. slip up and that's it. So thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to create honest conversation here and create because – I'm not saying that they will, but I mean wiping out the Trailblazers, who everybody thought was going to wipe the floor with the Pelicans. We that's reach, impressive. That's we impressive. Reach, we reach like billions of people. Is there one person out of the billions of people that think that maybe the I figured you'd get a kick out of that, Arnie. You hate the Warriors. It's a it's a great poll question, and they can also hit us up on Twitter at Stinking Genius One at Aaron underscore Torres. I will say this. Like the 76ers, I think we're a little bit ahead of schedule here on the Pelicans. What they did was incredible, and I think Anthony Davis is, I don't think, I know, he is a stud. He is incredible in what he does. But you start looking at the other pieces around him. Drew Holiday, he averaged 19 points during the regular season. He averaged 28 points in this playoff series. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. 
Yeah, he is not. A, he's a great player. He's a former All Star. By the way, he started the process in Philadelphia. They traded him yes. to get the draft pick for Nerlens Noel. But I say that to say that he is a fringe All Star. He is not a guy that I think will average twenty eight points a game in the next series. Uh, some other guys, Rajon Rondo. Can you expect <laughs> him to keep his head on straight? Now no. I will say this. They won't be afraid of the Warriors, and Rajon Rondo might start a fist fight with somebody, probably Draymond Green, uh, and he will get in the. I think he will frustrate the Warriors because Rajon Rondo is really good at that. But I do think that you just look at the guys that they're going to war with here. So you got Drew Holiday, Rajon Rondo, Anthony Davis. Okay, Etwan Moore. I mean, you know, yeah, Etwan yeah. Moore, Kevin Durant. I'll take Kevin Durant. Um, Miritich, I know he's been playing well. I, I get the point and I get the topic, and I think the Pelicans are much better than I thought they would be, but the Warriors, they still haven't broken a sweat yet. Steph Curry is probably going to come back at some point in that series, so I do think that uh, the Warriors will be just fine. No, no. Look, the Warriors are going to be just fine. The Pelicans pose no threat whatsoever. Uh, Eminem, run tape on this. I will quit my job. If the oh, Pelicans no. get by the Warriors, all right, so go ahead and roll tape on that. Because you know every time I threaten to quit my job, I'm never wrong on that. So you can You got lucky on. the last time you said you'd quit your job. It took the Stefan Diggs miracle to save your job the last time you did that. Was it a God. miracle or did yeah. Arnie know it was coming the whole time? I knew it was coming. <laughs> right, Maybe exactly. right. I wasn't part of the show, but I I, I could guess. Uh here's the problem, Arnie. If, if yeah. we get a quick series I'm not going to be here in two weeks. We're not going to have a host of the show if you if you yeah. if you resign. <laughs> well, that's don't they? Have and we're like not going to have a producer apparently either. I think they have like a month off now, don't they? Those two teams or something like that before they start up the next series. Well, the Warriors haven't even officially beaten the Spurs yet. Well, that's but, true. Yeah. yeah, I think I think uh, I feel pretty safe to say that'll happen tomorrow, though. So. Well, no, they they don't pose a threat. Look, we all know it's the Rockets, even though the Rockets uh, looked just horrible. Uh, against Minnesota, which, by the way, the more that series drags on, obviously it's the better for Golden State, but that that just drains you. It just drains you, and at the end, it takes away your chance to win a championship, and you see that happening with Cleveland. But I I just wanted to say, no, look, the Pelicans are, I mean, it was a good series win. I don't want to take that away from them, Aaron, but... They're, they're not even close to the, even without Steph Curry, they're not even close to the Warriors level. Yeah, without Steph Curry, I think it could be interesting. I, I think they could win a game or two. I, I think he's going to come back one in that series. But I, I don't know. I, I'm with Mike a little bit. I, I think it'll be compelling. I think it'll be interesting. I also think it'll be a problem if Steph Curry comes back. But I, I just think that the Pelicans, what we just saw over the past four games with Portland – that is the best version that we will ever see of the Pelicans. Of course, you know, now that DeMarcus Cousins is sidelined, obviously uh, we're talking about the, them without him. And so I just don't think they can play any better than they have over the past four games. And the Warriors are just a completely different team than the Trailblazers are. Uh, by the way, half the people listening right now go, who is, who's these Pelicans you speak of? I, is there a team in the NBA called the Pelicans? I, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not kidding about that. I bet you there's half the people listening going, I didn't even know that the Pelicans have a team. I, I don't even know where they are for crying out loud. Well, I was going to say, I was watching with my girlfriend the other night and she said, who's, who's NOP? And she's a pretty savvy sports fan, you know, cause I have the, the, the tube on sports basically yeah. every single night, uh, uh, and so I, so I will say, when she saw NOP, she had no idea what that meant. And I can't yeah. blame her. They've not, no. I mean, it's the first series win since they got to New Orleans.
I totally agree. I, I, I don't blame her at all. All right, guess what? Guess what? what? It maybe it wasn't a no-hitter because I saw that play at first base. We'll discuss next with DeSager when he comes on in right here on Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Good evening, everyone. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier, and DeSager. Get me, get me caught up on that Utah-OKC game uh, mm-hmm. real quick. Four minutes to go, third quarter. Utah at home leading 75-70 over oh. OKC. This first-round series tied at a game apiece. Stormed on back, huh? Back and forth there. I like that. There's a lot of good shooting first half of this game. R- really quick, i got to say, Brian Alvine on Twitter says, Pelicans in six over the Warriors. Take yeah. that, Arnie. Yeah, you said yeah, no yeah. one in America. Mike, yeah, Mike yeah. Mayer <laughs> and Brian There's Alvine. one. Yeah. yeah. By the I'll way, take him to the championship if that happens. On Go when ahead. that's going to start, because the Pelicans did sweep Portland tonight and Golden State could sweep its first rounder tomorrow, they're not going to start in just a few days. The NBA, the earliest they would move up the second round is next Saturday. So New Orleans <laughs> has a full really? week off, and Golden State would have nearly a week off, even if they wow. close it out tomorrow, just for the record. That's on the list of key dates to the NBA calendar. The original plan is for the league not to start the second round for teams until April 30th and May 1st, but they'll well, move they, it up to next Saturday. You know what the big question is? Does either uh, anybody on either roster have enough guts to like be like Odell Beckham and go like to uh, wait yeah. for the weekend or something Let's like that? It. That's what I want to know, huh? Let's do it. I, I that that's still that's the story that keeps on giving. I would love to see Kevin Durant on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> no, that wouldn't be any criticism there. Not at all. You've just reminded me of when yeah. the Lakers were bad in the 90s and they were about to get eliminated. And the I think it was Cedric Sabalos in the huddle with their – in the second half and losing yet again, saying one, two, three, Cancun. Yes, there you yes. go. <laughs> or, you know, off to Lake Havasu or somewhere. There, they were already uh, mentally out. Anyway, we had the no hitter at Oakland tonight against a Boston team that had started seventeen and two this year. Yeah, yeah an incredible stat from MLB that the Red Sox had gone nearly four thousand games without being no hit tonight. Now, the longest active streak in Major League Baseball, the Oakland A's, have gone the longest without being no now, hit. Give me the rule here because I was watching that play at first base. He did step a little bit out of the line, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, is it the exact line? You can't step one step out of that line or what? Yeah, originally ruled an infield single top of the six for the Red Sox in Boston, and many people thought, okay, that's the end of the no-hitter. But then, without video review, the umps met and overturned it, saying the batter ran out of the baseline to avoid the tag. He ran to the right of the baseline. Because that's not reviewable, is it? No, it's not. And they asked Alex Cora about a challenge as well. But any runner is out in baseball if he runs more than three feet away from the base path. So you've got the white line that runs up to first base, the actual baseline, the fair or foul, and then there's that parallel white line that's three feet to the right, and he went wide of that. Now, the batter, the runner up to first, is permitted to exit that alley, if you want to call it that, that three-foot lane, right. if... He's going to touch first base, but this was a step to the right to avoid the tag and then up to touch first base. No, which base. he was touching first base because he was starting his slide. I this, this, Dante, I got to tell you something. How do you overturn a call without video evidence? That's what I don't understand. I don't like this. This doesn't sound right to me. Something's fishy here. 
I don't, I'm not a Red Sox fan. It doesn't bother me. I just don't. I don't like when you make up rules like that. But you agree he's out of the lane that goes up along the first base. Not that you would know because you can't his, use his, video review. So his, what difference does it make? His foot stepped to the right of the white line. He was out. I could see why they called that. Uh, they didn't originally call it, though, and so obviously the first base umpire, and it would be his call, right? They're coming to his bag. Horrible at their job. He's Horrible. looking of uh, whether there's a tag, I guess. But I Sean Manaya is a guy who was a late first-round draft pick of the Kansas City Royals five years ago. The Royals had him, and they traded him three years ago. To get Ben Zobrist, you know how you get those trades, and it's a minor leaguer you've never yeah. heard of in exchange for somebody you have heard of, and now, finally, the guy is coming into his own. This lefty pitcher has had five great starts to begin the season, and his ERA, updated after tonight, is 1.23. Yeah. Now, he's on the A's, so he only has a 3-2 and two record, but he had 10 strikeouts, a couple of walks. He walked the leadoff batter. And then a guy with two outs in the ninth, but 3 nothing. Oakland wins. There were spring football games around the college I saw land, that today. Including at Central Florida, the team that went 12-0. Yes, national champs. Yes, yeah. So they say. <laughs> I, beating, I stole your punch. Beating <laughs> Memphis and South Florida. I guess you get to win a national championship. But literally at the stadium, they put a sign up. That says 2017 national champions on the stadium. The band. I love it. My philosophy is: if no one tells you you can't do it, you just do it. It's like it's like George Costanza's old line: "It's not a lie if you believe it." And (laughs) and that's where UCF is right now. That is where they are right now. That's an embarrassment. Artie, it's That's great. That's an embarrassment. Look, yeah, I'm not there. They I ripped that thing down. Meanwhile, Scott Frost had his spring game with Nebraska as he is gone. And the new Tennessee coach, Jeremy Pruitt, who had been an Alabama assistant, he praised some of the players for their spring game and then said others flat out quit today. So there, there's by, a start. By the way, Nebraska had like 86,000. Oh, in fact, the Tennessee coach asked how much, and they said the announced crowd was 65,000, which one reporter said was a generous estimate at Nayland Stadium, and uh, the coach was not that happy about that either. The Alabama quarterback, or one of them, I should say, Jalen Hurts, who didn't finish the national championship, as you'll recall, was said to have struggled in their A-day game, as they call it, for spring football. And we had NBA playoff games earlier Philadelphia's win at Miami was 106-102, so the Sixers are up three games to one. It was a close game, and the heat on free throws were about 50%. 13 for 25, and they had 19 turnovers. Here, Dwayne Wade had 25 points off the bench in 26 minutes, and they still lose, and they're on the verge of first-round elimination. Everybody's talking about Ben Simmons had a triple-double. That's accurate. He had 10 assists, 7 turnovers as well. Yeah. Philadelphia is a team, 26 turnovers, and still won a road game in the postseason. Joel Embiid, 2 of 11 shooting. He had 8 turnovers and 12 rebounds. J.J. Redick has some games where he's really earning all those millions. 24 points today. Now, granted, from 3-point range, he was 2 for 9. And the team, 7 for 31. So, (laughs) in review, tons of turnovers. Couldn't hit the 3. Embiid couldn't shoot. Lots of turnovers, even from the guy who's the de facto point guard, and they still won at Miami. Yeah. So I was well. going to say, that's why I'm not sold. Like, everyone's like, oh, the, it's the, the East is theirs to lose. I'm like, did, did you watch them today? Yeah. Like, I know they exactly. won, yeah. but it wasn't pretty. Well, it's no, just it when you win 10 games a couple years ago and 52 games now, including the finishing winning streak, 
people are wowed by those numbers, but well, I agree. You, different on the court. Real quick, Utah 82, uh, 70 over OKC, 210 left in the third. Thanks a lot to Sager. We'll come on back. Power out of the show right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, everybody, good evening as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Did you know that 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. He's Aaron Torres at the Geico West Coast Studios. I'm Arnie Spanier on the East Coast Studios, though I'm coming out Wednesday. Um, first thing I'm doing when I get off the airplane, right to In-N-Out Burger, my friend. That's really? the first thing I do, and then right to Venice Beach to buy myself some Ray-Bans. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. you haven't had sun out there in Vermont in like eight yeah. months, huh? Yeah, so I don't, yeah, I don't need the glass, but I'll need it for the summer. But, yeah, I love buying Ray-Bans down at Venice Beach. And then I bought myself a, a new uh, thong, Speedo, so I'm looking forward to going wow. to That's beach. disgusting. What? If you got a good body flaunt, then I don't hear Aaron saying anything right now. I don't know why. This is why we're the bad boys of radio. <laughs> we do what we want. We go where we want. The ladies love us. Parents hate us. <laughs> that's that's what we do from eight to midnight or eight to ten Pacific, yeah. eleven to one Eastern every Saturday. I just yeah. got that image in my head now, and my mind yeah. is actually vomiting right now. The problem, mean, the-, the problem is every woman twenty four <laughs> to forty five has it too. And this studio, I mean, we're gonna have groupies outside. We ne- we never have groupies. I'm excited. Oh, uh, jeez. All right, we got a lot to get to. Obviously, a lot of NBA going on. The Pelicans. I want to bring them up for a second. Uh, because our producer uh, Eminem thought it was like uh, they're the best thing since sliced bread because they swept. Wait, 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 wait! Hold, hold on! I didn't say yeah. that. Can they can they beat the Warriors? Are they as good as the Warriors? You dare even ask that question? That's like saying is Roseanne Barr as good as uh, uh, Kate Upton? I mean that that's like comparing those two. Wow. That's yeah. a little. That's a wow. little bit harsh, man. Wow, fat shaming. Wow, yeah, thanks, Arnie. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Arnie, Arnie, that was taking it a little bit too far. 2018. You can't do that, Arnie. Somebody's uh, gonna oh, man. Out. Hashtag me wow. too. I mean, <laughs> wow. come on. No. Right, well, listen, listen to me. Well, here's the reason I bring them up is because Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, uh, responded uh, with 88 points combined, which ties a record uh, for a single game in the NBA playoff history joining John Havlicek and JoJo White back in 1973. Wow. This is a record back from 1973. Well, think about that. that well, that's what I was going to say. That's the reason I don't think that it will happen against the Warriors because right. those two, and to a broader sense, I think the Pelicans, if you just remove the fact that they're not going to have DeMarcus Cousins for the rest of the season, this was the best version of the Pelicans that we're ever going to see that we got over these last two or three games. Drew Holiday averaged 19 points during the regular season. He averaged 28 during this playoff series. And so besides the fact that I think that the the Trailblazers were just a good matchup for the Pelicans overall, I do think that the Pelicans gave about the best effort that they could. I'm not as far off the bandwagon as you. I think they can win a game or two, assuming that Steph Curry doesn't play. I don't know that they can win 4-7, though. Uh, by the way, the 88 points, one point better than MJ and Scottie Pippen, uh, produced in their playoff, uh, playoff game, and LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, as the only pair of teammates to score 40-plus points in the same playoff game in the past 18 years. I was just wondering, you think any records do you think that will be broken, that stood for, like Will Chamberlain's 100 points in a game, I think will be broken 
uh, by someone like Steph Curry or Clay Thompson, who's hitting three point like Clay Thompson, especially when he's like unbelievably out of his mind and he's going off for like uh, thirty points in a quarter or something, and maybe there's a little overtime. I think he could break a hundred points in a game wow. if it was, if it just kind of you know lined up the right way. You know what I mean, Aaron? That'd be like thirty three three pointers he'd have to hit. That feels like a lot. You think somebody's gonna get a hundred points in a game? Well, really Kobe had Kobe had what is it eighty against Toronto, and he was still twenty points short. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but he, did, he, did didn't he miss most of the fourth quarter in that game too, or no? It was a long time. I, ago. I think I yeah, remember. I think he missed most. Well, so you don't think nobody, you don't think anybody will ever score a hundred in a game, especially with the three point line that we have. I think you'll probably need overtime. But I mean, you've seen the run that Clay Thompson's gone on. I I've seen him put up like. What twenty some points in a quarter? I yeah. I could see him going off for something like that. I think one night he had thirty nine and a quarter, and so he would have to average thirty, what thirty twenty? Well, he'd have to average twenty five a quarter. Twenty five a quarter. Yeah. That feels like a lot to me. I I don't know. That one feels pretty unbreakable. I'm trying to think of records that I think can be broken. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's ever going to go undefeated in the NFL again. I think those days are over. And you, when the the Super Bowl, those days are over. You really think so, huh? Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's too hard to go undefeated. You know, uh, just so much parody in there. I don't think that's ever going to happen again. Yeah. The, and that's what I was thinking. You asked me what records I think can be broken. I, I just default to the ones that I don't think will ever be broken. Yeah. 56 hits. Uh, in a row, fifty-six games in a row by Joe DiMaggio. The other one, which I brought, I up- thought, you know, I got to tell you, I thought that would be broken only because of the watered-down pitching that we have, and you know, obviously, you know, you get more at bats nowadays. You know, maybe four to five at bats or five at bats. I'm thinking that somebody would go on a little bit of a streak on that, but it hasn't happened. See, I think it's the opposite. I think hitters are watered down because they're not taking the juice anymore. So oh, oh. I think that's part of it. The other one, when when we talk about un unbreakable. Uh, records. How about this guy, Johnny Vandermeer? I don't oh, know. back-to-back no-hitters. He threw, yeah. back. Yeah. So you, somebody would have to throw three <laughs> yeah. straight no-hitters <laughs> to break that record. That's the insane one to me. That's the how insane about, one. How about Hack Wilson? Was it 181 or 191 in RBIs? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I th- I thought... Look, I know that's a lot of RBIs, but I mean, there's, and you see what Stanton and Judge, I mean, they could put up big numbers with home runs. I thought they'd be coming closer, making a run at like 150, 160 or something like that. You know what I mean? Well, how do you like this? I just pulled up the record for number of RBI in a season, and uh, the top four, I can only find the top four right off the top. Right. Hack Wilson's got to be number one. He has 191, as you said. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 191. Lou Gehrig, 184. Okay. Hank Greenberg, 183. Lou Gehrig, 175. Wow. So the Nobody's reason, even close. That's what I'm saying. But the yeah. reason I bring it up, the top four were all before 1940, before World War II. Nobody's yeah. even been close in almost a, a century. So that's another one that feels like it's pretty unbreakable. I was, uh, I, so we're never going to get a 400 hitter then, I guess. Uh, according, well, you don't think so, but what, uh, hitters are watered down now. Yeah, I'm, 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 I just found the full RBI list. So the best of the modern era was Manny Ramirez had 165 in 1999. Wow. wow. So That's that, still a long time. That was 20 years ago. Every other one, it's about the first 20 or so, were all before World War II. It's so weird. I, or all before 1940 at the very least. That is shocking. I, I wonder why that is. Why do you think that was? There were the mm. same amount of games, right? 
There might have been 144 or 152, 144 back then. So even. fewer games. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm not sure. I'm not, the, I'm, not, I'm not Steve Hartman, the big baseball aficionado and encyclopedia brain like his. So. We, need, we need to get J.P. Morosi or somebody on the phone. Yeah. Why, 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 why were the RBI, was it a juice ball era? Uh, maybe the pitching was bad back then. I mean, that was when people were hitting for 400. I think 400 is another one. Uh, it, it it just seems like oh. somebody would have been close by now, and nobody's really been close except for Tony Gwynn in that strike year in 94. I, this, this is not a record, but this will never happen again. Where a superstar, whether it's a LeBron James or Steph Curry, Will Chamberlain never fouled out of a game. That can't ever happen again. I mean, that's inc- that's insane. I, how do you play that many games and never foul out of a game when you're a big man like how that? About, you know? That's not even the best Will Chamberlain record. How about this? He averaged more than 48 minutes per, played per game in one season. As in, he played every minute of every game plus overtime. Overtime. I was just about to say. How's but that still, over 48 <laughs> minutes. Over 48 minutes. I love And that. he also love- averaged like 50 rebounds a game. How about that one? Will was incredible, man. And then is- those other stats that we talk about sometimes. I didn't know too. about that. Average over how many rebounds? 50 a game. I wonder if it was Jeez. like a Russell Westbrook, like he was missing on purpose kind of deal. <laughs> uh, by the way, you could tweet us any records that will or won't be broken that we're not thinking about. Uh, Aaron Torres, A-A-R-O-N underscore Torres, uh, and add stinking genius one. And uh, we'll get to oh. them as people are uh, tweeting those in. And, uh, yeah, there's always a few that we're going to miss out there. All right, uh, getting back to the NBA, there's a lot going on in the NBA. You know, I heard Colin talking a little bit about this, and now that Cleveland's down 2-1, to one, every it seems like every talk show host in the world is turning now on LeBron James and saying, well, we don't need LeBron. The NBA is going to move on without him. Uh, the time of LeBron is over. The time of Cleveland is over. It's not over. This really? guy's put up, what, 42 points last game or something like that. He can't carry the whole team. The NBA does need LeBron because I want to watch LeBron, and people still want to see LeBron more so than Simmons and people like that. I, I really believe that LeBron still is the big name in the league there. So are, are you saying that we're ready to move on from LeBron or just that the Cavs are done as an no, entity? We're, we're, the Cavs are done as an entity, but by no means are we ready to move on from LeBron because I promise you, that if LeBron went to the Lakers next year, yeah. I could only imagine what the television ratings in Los Angeles would be like if LeBron was on the Lakers. It would be through the roof, which proves to me and you, that it should to you, that he's still prominent and, and people still want to see him. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. And and you know, as you mentioned earlier in the show, we sent a lot of texts throughout the day on Saturday uh, you know, about what we're going to talk about on this show. And... I, but I, I do think that there were years in the past where basically the only series I cared about, especially in the East, was the Cavs and LeBron. Now I would watch the Warriors or whoever was the hot team in the West, but it was LeBron in the East. But I do feel like now, and maybe you disagree, I know you hate the Pelicans there, uh, over there, Arnie, uh, but I like tuning into some of these other series. Like, like the Cavs series has been boring to me this year, and I'm looking at whether it's the Pelicans and Anthony Davis, whether it's your Philadelphia 76ers and Ben Simmons, the Rockets, the Thunder. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of fun storylines outside of LeBron where I do feel like in years past I would have just totally tuned out the playoffs if he wasn't in them. I don't feel that way this year. Yeah, well, and that, which is amazing because – 
you're telling me that people are maybe in your case, but that LeBron is like no longer relevant because his team is down two games to one. I mean, you're talking about the guy that's been to the finals how many years in a row? Was it six seven. years in a row or seven years in a row? So, I mean, how could you say all of a sudden snap your fingers? That's like being married for 30 years and then waking up one day and go, you know what? I think I want a divorce. Happens just, all the time. Well, but it kind of leads up to that, though, doesn't it? You don't just wake up and say, yeah, I'm sick of you. It works out over years, and you get fed up with her and da 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 da, da and stuff like that. Well, but you don't just wake up and change your mind like that. Yeah, see, I think we're talking about two different things. I'm yeah. not fed up with LeBron. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if he isn't around, yeah. I would be okay. Whereas, okay. And I'm talking about as recently as last year. And I'm trying to remember, like, like if LeBron and the Cavs, and obviously they had Kyrie, so it was a different team, but if they had lost in the first round last year, and we're talking about the Celtics and the Raptors in the Eastern Conference, like, I'm not even watching. And I, I probably wouldn't watch the West either because the Warriors were so much better than everybody else. But this year, I just feel like there are at least other teams that I want to watch. Now, I'm always going to be compelled when LeBron is playing, but let's be honest, Arnie. I mean, you've watched these last couple games they were kind of boring. I mean, the Cavs scored 33 points in the second half. last. They scored 12 in the third quarter. That's not entertaining basketball, whether LeBron's on the court or not. Coming from where, if we said if we didn't have Golden State and Cleveland in the finals, that would be boring as hell and nobody would watch it. Remember that? Oh, we yeah. we got to have Cleveland and Golden State in the finals over the last couple of years. Otherwise, nobody's going to watch it. Nobody cares. Boy, how far they've fallen since that point, huh, Aaron? Well, I was going to say, you were you were leading this uh, charge the opposite direction because you picked the Rockets in what, yeah. September, yeah. October? Yeah. You're well, Mr. Houston. Yeah, That's not over yet. By the way, 420 Special said uh, Nolan Ryan's 7 no hitters. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> well, Landon just said Cal Ripken's uh, consecutive game streak play. Oh. Totally oh. agree. A thousand oh. percent. Oh. Because guys are too lazy. Guys are soft. These millennials now, Arnie, are soft. And you know who else is soft? These managers that, that make these guys sit out. Was it, what was it, Cespedes the other day? Got, got benched and he didn't know why? Yeah. That was right. By, by what do you, I'll put you on the spot because I don't know the answer. I know it. Go ahead. Lay it on. The NBA consecutive, was it like eight? I want to say AC Green, but I know that can't be right. I think it was AC Green. No, get out of here. I think it was because, as we all know about AC Green, he didn't really have any off the court interest <laughs> outside of basketball, if you know what I mean. Until he got married, then then things changed. But was he the Iron Man of the NBA? I, I believe he was. He had a couple streaks going that no one will ever come close to in the NBA. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, do, do a little AC Green Wikipedia yeah. search. You'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, By the way, Arnie, one yeah. last thing. Yeah. I totally screwed up that Will Chamberlain stat. He he set a record with 55 rebounds in one game, but it looks like he never, quote-unquote, averaged more than 27 a game. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah, he didn't average 50 for a season. Yeah. 50 sounded a little high, but uh, I was going with it. I'm like, what the well, hell? I don't this know. This 420 I'm specialist it. guy keeps chiming in, and so I don't know. So you know, yeah, he, he's, he's keeping you on your toes. All right, uh, when we get back, uh, LeBron, uh, Cavs, a little bit more about that, because they are down 2-1. to one. Are they going to make a comeback? If they don't, is it going to be easier for LeBron to go to the Lakers or somewhere else? We'll get to that. Coming up next, Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier, right here on Fox Sports Radio. This segment brought to you by Granger. The products and services that you need when you need them, Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. He's Aaron Torres that will get married, but then to a nice young bride, but then in 30 years when she gets old, he doesn't want to look at her anymore, so he's going to leave. 
Is uh, that what you said? Is that what you pretty much said when you don't want to watch LeBron anymore? Is that what you're saying? Or maybe she'll get sick of looking at me and want to <laughs> leave. I mean, listen, it happens every day. Divorce lawyers, very well compensated uh, I, profession. I, yeah, I just I don't understand why you think you know LeBron's not must-see TV, but somebody like maybe no, no, Simmons no. or Harden or even Anthony Davis or any of them, because I don't think they um, have the mystique that LeBron has, not even close. Arnie, you're twisting my words here, buddy. Come yeah. on. First That's of all, what I do. That's what I'm good at. <laughs> fantastic. So yeah. I, I can see now why you've been married for so long. My yes. So, uh, so, okay, so a couple things. That, let's clarify. First of all, I don't find LeBron uninteresting to watch. I do find that awful cast of characters that is surrounding him tough to watch. So Fair I'm, enough. If I have to watch... Uh, Rodney Hood and you know I live in LA here I had to hear so much about Jordan Clarkson how important he is yeah he because he was playing for the worst team in the NBA that's why he got 35 minutes of playing time and so you know I hear so much so you turn on those games and Larry Nance Jordan Clarkson J.R. Smith is so LeBron to LA would totally change your mind then and then it's must see TV well, uh, first of all, I'd at least enjoy watching them play with Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and Paul George, who's about to fall down. Uh, they're about to uh, fall down here 2-1 to one in this series, so Paul right. George will be out in OKC. Um, but no, I, I, I love watching LeBron. I find the Cavs to be highly unwatchable. And to my point about you twisting my words, yes, I did not say that I don't want to watch the Cavs. What I, what I was trying to say, and maybe hopefully this time you'll hear more clearly, <laughs> yes. is... There are just more teams that I'm interested in than there have been in years past, such as the, the Pelicans, your New Orleans Pelicans, which you think can maybe potentially win the whole NBA ch- title, <laughs> uh, with Anthony Davis, Ben Simmons, and Philly. By the way, the one thing I would add to this is all this. We do live in the moment, right? And so a year from now, history tells us Anthony Davis might be injured. He might not be playing at this level. Ben, uh, uh, not so much Ben Simmons, but Joel Embiid. Who knows if he'll be healthy in a year? So in right. a year, Philly could be as unwatchable as as Cleveland is right now. LeBron could be playing for somebody else. He could still be in Cleveland. They could restructure and be awesome. I'm just saying, right now, you got to admit, Arnie. Come on, you love LeBron. Apparently, nobody loves LeBron more than you do. But it's tough to watch. They're tough to watch. Well, and I and I understand that. But you know what kind of cracks me up is that if. Remember when Philadelphia had that big winning streak, the 17 games in a row? Yep. Could you imagine if the Lakers had 17 in a row or the New York Knicks or the Boston Celtics? That would be front-page headline news around the whole world. I mean, like all over the U.S. It'd it'd be crazy. We wouldn't be able to stop talking about it. But yet Philadelphia at 17, it's like we really don't even give it much of of a thought after that. You know what I mean? Because they're Philadelphia. It, it, It goes by the major cities out there. And I think, first of all, they had been so far off everybody's radar. Like, like I'll be honest, you know, I, I love college hoops, and so I, maybe I wasn't paying as close attention to the NBA as I should right. have been at various points through the winter. I didn't real like I didn't realize they were in position to get the 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 three or four seed. I knew they were in the playoff hunt. I didn't know they were in position to get the three or four seed till like a week before the playoffs started. So I just think one, they were off everybody's radar, and I think two, the other thing is is that they were playing some pretty lousy teams there down the stretch. A lot of teams doing your favorite thing of tanking. Um, right. Just some not very good teams down the stretch. I think they played Brooklyn a couple times down the stretch, Atlanta. So there were a couple of asterisks. I don't know how to say it plural, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> there was more than one asterisk about their, their last couple weeks in that win streak. 
All right, back to LeBron. Does it is it easier for him to leave Cleveland uh, if they lose in the first round, or because if they win the whole thing, and it doesn't look like they're going to win the whole thing, but had they won the whole thing, I could see the Cleveland fans and everybody else clamoring. You got to come back, defend your title. It's always defend your title, defend your title. I think if they do lose in the first round and get knocked out by Indiana, I do think it's going to be easier. I think he's gone no matter what, but I think it makes it a little bit easier to leave because they lost in the first round, and I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to go to the uh, uh, Los Angeles and play for the Lakers. Well, I was going to say, if we've learned one thing about LeBron, he doesn't really care what popular opinion is. That's uh, true. That's you know, true. He did leave the Heat, by the way, after they made the finals. So uh, it's not like he hasn't done this before. Right. But, it, look, I think it makes it easier if they lose, uh, in the, especially in the first round. But I think he's gone too. I mean, and I and and in this case, I don't even blame him. He came back to Cleveland to bring that city a title, but that is a dump. I mean, Kevin Love is okay. Who's their third best player though? I mean, it, it, that team is so bad, Arnie. I I don't like like to me. I was watching that team, and now he's played on some bad teams through the years. But this has got to be the worst team that he's been on since the first time that he was in Cleveland. Uh, and it's just, I mean, if they're they're up to they're down two to one in the series. In the game they won, he scored forty eight points. He scored more than half their points. They're terrible, Arnie. You know, it, and, and you're right about that. They are, and um, there's no defense to that except to go ahead and move on. I think if he played for the Lakers, he's going to bring a championship to Los Angeles. I think that's wow. what the, that's the next step for the Lakers. If he goes, obviously he's got to bring one more piece to the puzzle, as you mentioned, a Paul George or whoever. But if he goes that way, I, I've, I'd be running to bet uh, in Vegas that they're going to win a championship. Wow, you think so, huh? Yeah, absolutely. What, are you kidding me? Because, again, uh, look, it's going to be tough to get through Golden State. Obviously, the Rockets are good. But when LeBron brings himself to Los Angeles and brings another piece of the puzzle, you throw in Lonzo. And I think Lonzo's obviously going to improve the biggest improvements from your first year to your second year. Why, you think he's going to have no impact at all with the Lakers or what? No, I mean, I think to go from 30-whatever wins they had, I think one of the two or three worst records in the entire uh, Western Conference, they finished 35-47. Uh, and 47. It was an improvement over where they've been, but to, to, to expect him in year one to win a championship, I mean, even when he had Kyrie Irving, who was much more established than this team, although I guess Kyrie was hurt that year. I can't. I just punched a hole in my own argument. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is why uh, this is why you're a pro, Arnie. I'm still I'm still trying to keep up with you. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just think to to ask him, uh, he'll be 35 at that yeah. point or 34, going on 35 to go through the Warriors and the Rockets, and you know, there's going to be other teams that are improved by then. The Jazz, the T Wolves will be better. The Pelicans, your Pelicans. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough road to get through to win a championship uh, when potentially you're relying. By the way, you'd be relying on a bunch of guys that have never played in the playoffs: Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, guys like that. By the way, they the NBA needs LeBron to go to Los Angeles. I I don't know if you know that. Oh, but they oh yes. Well, you don't think they want the look? The Lakers are probably going to be relevant again. It will just take a little bit longer without LeBron. But could you imagine the hype and the and the storylines and you know the rivalry between the Lakers and Golden State that would start if LeBron went over to the Lakers. Oh, the NBA would eat that stuff up. Oh my goodness, we'd see every Laker Golden State game ever uh, that's played that year on TV. That's how yeah. much people want to see that. I was going to say too. The other thing with LeBron, I kind of feel like 
I don't think winning is as important to him as it once was. Like, it was once like, I got to catch my. Well, he's not going to catch Michael Jordan, and we're not going to get into the whole debate about who's better or whatever. I think now he's just about like, dude, I've done. Like, you think about everything he's done in Cleveland. He, he had a triple double in the finals last year, he led him back down from three to one. Uh, he brought Cleveland that championship. I think now he's just kind of like, I want to go to L.A., be in a bunch of commercials, make some movies, uh, make my barbershop show that I'm getting sued for, and just have fun. Like I, I don't think that winning, as weird as it sounds, consumes him. So I think that, as much as anything, Ooh. is why he's going to go to L.A. Just, I just think he just wants to enjoy the rest of his career. Oh, I, I still think winning consumes him. Uh, but not to the point where it would make him go to, like, Philadelphia or something like that. That's why I think he'll end up in Los Angeles and, and play for the Lakers. All right, uh, when we get back, uh, we have latest trade and draft rumors uh, in the NFL. We'll get to who we think our top five is going to be. All that's coming up. But first, the Sager's going to come on in because this Utah game just won't end. It's about to end, and Utah mm-hmm. just blowing them out there. It's going to be two games to one. Utah Jazz in the first round of the NBA playoffs. They're up with 40 seconds left, 115-100 over Oklahoma City. Earlier, Minnesota beat number 1 Houston, 121-105. Jimmy Butler, 28 points. So the Rockets lead now two games to one in that series. New Orleans with a four-game sweep in its first rounder, eliminating Portland tonight, 131-123. to Anthony Davis, 47 points. Drew Holiday with 41. Rajon Rondo, 16 assists. Philadelphia's win was 106-102 at Miami, so the Sixers lead three games to one. And it's now a final Utah 115-102 over Oklahoma City. NHL playoff wins for Washington in overtime, for Tampa Bay, which eliminated New Jersey, and Toronto stayed alive with a win at Boston. NASCAR victory on Fox TV to Kyle Busch at Richmond. And the late baseball well, was highlighted by that game in Oakland. 3-0, the A's beat Boston, notable no-hitter from Sean Manaya, who had 10 strikeouts for the A's against a Boston team that had not only won eight games in a row, had started 17-2 and to the season, but was by far the best offensive team in the major league so far. A team batting average of 293. Little controversy, first off, from the top of the sixth inning, where the Red Sox mm. got an infield single. But the umpires met and overturned it. The batter ran out of the baseline to avoid the tag. The crew chief said afterwards, the runner has three feet either way from the foul line. If he goes more than that, avoiding a tag, he's declared out. The Baloney. In, the in, no, it was fine. He stepped on the grass. The inning before, top of the fifth. The A shortstop dropped a pop-up in short left field. It was ruled in air. But the pitcher, Manaya thought he had lost his no-hit bid right then. He said after the game, he didn't even realize he had a no-hitter still going until the 7th or 8th inning. The guy had walked the first batter of the game and with two outs in the ninth, walked a batter, but then got this. And this will be a 2-0 pitch. And it's on the way, and it's swung on a ground ball to short. Simeon's got it. Throws the second for the first, and Sean Benoya has no-hit the Red Sox. A's Radio 3-0, Oakland the final. The Angels ended a four-game losing streak, beating the Giants 4-3. Mike Trout with three hits, including his eighth home run. That leads the American League. The Dodgers beat Steven Strasburg in Washington 4-0. It was 1-0 in the seventh. Dodgers record now 9-10, Washington 10-11. Milwaukee won its fifth straight game. Atlanta with two in the ninth got a win. Ten to one victories for both Houston and Tampa Bay. Back to you. All right. Thanks a lot to Sagers. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more in car insurance with Geico. Just go to geico.com or give them a call 1-800-947-AUTO. 
The only hard part? Well, that's figuring out which way is easier. Uh, Aaron, my partner on Sundays, Chris Plank, is a draft geek to the point where he's watching this week the old drafts of like oh, no. 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015. You know. Still hoping for different uh, reviews or different uh, <laughs> outcomes. But he watches past. That's how much Can some I? people actually love stuff like this. You know, I, I've talked about my pseudo-hatred for draft season. Yeah, when I think it was NFL Network. I turn it on, and it was a bunch of dudes doing a mock draft on TV. I was like, can we just get like, can we get an old Super Bowl or something on here? Like, do I have to watch these guys doing a mock draft? I can read about them online if I really want the information. When I saw a bunch of guys doing a fake mock draft, I was like, just get me to this stupid draft already. You know, I love, I really do love trade and draft rumors, and I mean, I eat that stuff up. I, I oh, look at this, the Patriots uh, are they really want Lamar Jackson? And you know, I I, I do that, but. After a while, you know, after like the last month, month and a half, and people are trying to deceive you and, you know, just, you know, the the first rumor I hear, and I just want to say this, I want to go on the record saying, I don't know if Cleveland takes the the number one pick or if they trade it or whatever happens, and I assume Cleveland's going to take it, but if they take Josh Allen, number one, I, I just can't imagine all of a sudden Josh Allen has propelled himself to the number one pick over Rosen and Darnold and, and that this kid with Wyoming with his uh, completion percentage and all that is good enough to be the number one pick. I, I just don't buy that for one second. I don't think he's going to be one of the top two quarterbacks taken. I think that's all just a bunch of BS out there. Yeah, I, I don't want to get too far ahead because I have a prediction for the final segment okay. on this, which I will tease now, America, stay uh, stay focused and stay ready. But I'm with you. But I think this is where we're at with with this draft, right? Is for months it was Sam Darnold. And then, by the way, Sam Darnold has a great pro day. He does all the right things. He says all the right things. But then you start to hear the rumors. Oh, Sam Darnold. Maybe things didn't go well in Cleveland. Or maybe it's complete BS. And so, like, to me, uh, I'm totally 100% with you. I just, I think Cleveland after, and I know John Dorsey is new there. I get that. But after you you trade out of the position to draft Carson Wentz, you trade out of the position to trade to draft Deshaun Watson. How do you take a guy when you have three potential franchise quarterbacks on the board yeah. that everybody knows? Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold. How do you take the guy that completed fifty something percent of his passes for a team that nobody watched and wasn't even good? The biggest question mark of the four. So I that's that's one of the things that absolutely just drives me batty about this situation, about uh, getting closer to the draft, is all the misinformation that's given out yep. there, all the bogus stuff and, you know, what teams are going to do. By the way, I, I was thinking about this. You know when uh, you have computer programs that say uh, if you played the NCAA championship a uh, thousand times or a million times, you have a percentage to win this many times and stuff like this, or you know they project wins and stuff like that. I would love to see a computer program if you put Tom Brady on the Cleveland Browns over the last eighteen uh, years. What type of quarterback would he be? How many wins would he have had? Would he have been a bust? And with that matter, I'd like to take a bad quarterback, put him on the Patriots, and see what kind of life he would have had over the. I would love to see a computer program like that, Aaron. Arnie, we are kindred spirits, my friend, because this is something I've been arguing for a long time. Like, like it cracks me up, right? When Carson Wentz goes out and is phenomenal, everyone's like, "Oh, the Browns passed on him." Yeah, well, they've drafted a lot of quarterbacks, and none of them have been good over the last 20 years. 
So maybe it's a Browns thing, and maybe it's not a Carson Wentz thing. Maybe Carson Wentz wouldn't be the Carson Wentz that we know if he went to Cleveland. Same with Deshaun Watson. Same with all the other guys that they've passed on, and kind of in the same vein, kind of what you just said. Some of the guys that they did take, maybe they would have been better in different situations. I mean, Johnny Manziel basically, oh. and you know, you know, and, and look, Johnny Manziel could be criticized for a lot of things, but I think he was right when he said over these past couple weeks, as he's done his kind of uh, you know tour to kind of get back in the good graces of the media, he said he's like. You know, nobody really taught me how to be a pro that first year, and it wasn't until the second year, I think it was when Josh McCown came, that he's like, okay, right. I, I learned how. And that's something that's structural within the organization. It's funny, we were talking about the, the Sacramento Kings earlier this year. I mean, how many, uh, earlier this show, how many coaches, GMs have they gone through? I mean, sometimes it's just the organization, and you can't, it's not always the player's fault. Sometimes you have bad coaches, you have bad management. Don't be fooled just because the coach makes two, three, four million dollars. You can make two, four, two, three, four million dollars and be really bad at your job as well. You know, you said coaches. It goes the same thing for them also. How about if Bill Belichick never left Cleveland? What would his life been like the last eighteen years? And I seriously doubt we'd be calling him the genius right now. How about that? If he had stayed in Cleveland, yeah, because he wouldn't be at the record that he has right now. That's for sure. Well, he made the playoffs with Cleveland, though. That's like, like. It was, but that again, and I know it was a, a different organization, but it kind of shows just dysfunction in sports sometimes. I mean, how many jobs did Joe Torre go through before he got to the Yankees? You know, and like, right. So to me, I think it's you know, if you got a good coach, stick with them if you believe in them. I mean, we see this in sports all the time. I mean, the most famous one was. Uh, Mike Shashevsky, the fans wanted to fire him in year three because you know his record was whatever. The athletic director stuck with him. He's one of the most successful coaches ever. But the point I'm same trying thing to, with John Wooden too. Same thing with John Wooden. Yeah. And, and so the point I'm trying to make is that you know Bill Belichick. Now, granted, obviously he he you know him and Brady kind of aligned, and I think it was year two that they won that first Super Bowl. But some of that's on the Browns too because Bill Belichick did make the playoffs a few times in Cleveland, and they still decided to go another direction. I'm wondering how much better the Browns are going to be this year with the one and the number four and some of the free agents are getting Jarvis Landry. And I mean, you got to think sooner or later they've got to turn the corner. Do they not? They can't be this bad forever now. Eventually they got to be decent. Well, and that was what, why I asked Ben, ben Albright, or, uh, yeah. you know, just the vibe around Cleveland. I was, I was thinking about that is that John Dorsey has come in. And it does feel like there is a different vibe. It's not this weird rebuild. They're not <laughs> they're not using baseball analytics to draft their players like they did over these past couple of years with the weird money ball thing that they were doing. Uh, it seems like this guy's here to win now. By the way, that's another reason why I just find it very hard to believe that they're going to take Josh Allen. You, like you said, you trade for Jarvis Landry. You don't got three or four years to find the right quarterback. And I know they right. got Tyrod Taylor, but it's like Jarvis Landry, you know, he's 26, 27 years old. He's only got a couple years left. Let's go get a guy that can make an impact right now, which is why I, I do believe it's ultimately going to be Darnold. All right. By the way, for the best NFL draft coverage, tune in right here to Fox Sports Radio on Thursday night. Jay Glazer, Joel Klatt, Chris Spielman, Kurt Menefee. They're going to be broadcasting live from the side of the draft. That's within AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. And that's throughout the entire first round. By the way, in case you didn't know, Jay Glazer, the last three years, has correctly predicted every single first round pick. Can he do it again? That means he has to go 32 for 32. So listen Thursday night on Fox Sports Radio, also on the iHeartMedia app. 
It begins at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, to hear the very best NFL draft coverage on the radio during the entire first round of the NFL draft. That just get me pumped up just thinking about it now. I'm ready to, I'm ready to roll. Let's get to I'm some NFL you. draft. Matter of fact, when we get back, uh, we'll give you some thoughts, final thoughts, and predictions uh, for the games tomorrow, and also who we think will be the top three picks in the NFL draft. We'll give you all that coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, great news, everybody. There's a quick way you can save money. Just switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. I can't wait until tomorrow. Wow. Wow, what's that? Your boy LeBron? No, no, worse than that. My my wife has been on a major diet, and she has a weigh-in tomorrow at 7 a.m., and then after that, it's done. And she can go back to eating normal. So, oh wow! So it's is like it one a of those? contest. It's it's like a contest that a health club was having, and the person that has the biggest transformation. And my wife's not even that big. She's like I don't know, like 120 pounds or something. She was like already you shouldn't, bad choice of words. What? Not that big? Yeah, don't do, <laughs> dude. Oh my, oh my god! <laughs> well, here's, are you? Listening. Is it one of those things where like she's cooking healthy and you have to eat with her and like yes. support her? And if I even have to s- smell salmon again, I will throw it out. I just see. I and hate that. And this is how people get divorced after thirty <laughs> years. That's all I'm saying. That's all. Let's bring it back full circle. Let's all go. Right, you got it. All right. Uh, top three picks in the uh, NFL draft on Thursday. Who are they going to be, Aaron? You start. Will you tell me? All right. First pick overall with the yeah. first pick, the Cleveland Browns select not Josh Allen. They'll take Sam Darnold, number one. Number two, you know, Ben Albright kind of talked me out of Saquon to the Giants, but I'm going Saquon to the Giants. And then number three, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They finally get the right guy, Baker Mayfield. He's my favorite player in this draft. He's the guy who would take number one overall. The Jets are going to take him at number three. I have the Cleveland Browns taking Sam Darnold because they can't screw this up anymore. So uh, they're going to take the best pick, the sure pick, and the safest pick. That's going to be Sam Darnold. In what I said earlier, if the Giants aren't going to take a quarterback, and if they do take a quarterback, it's going to be Josh Rosen, but all indications say they're not, then they've got to trade down. I'm going to use logic here, and I know logic doesn't always come into play. I'm going to say that the Bills move up to the number two pick. Could be the Patriots, but I'm going to say it's the Bills because they have two first-round picks and I believe two second-round picks, and they're going to uh, give him a king's ransom. The Bills move up to number two to take Josh Rosen. Oh, be a disaster. And get their quarterback. And then Baker Mayfield falls to the Jets at number three, which means Saquon Barkley goes to the Browns uh, at number four. So, um, yeah, I think the Jets do get uh, Baker Mayfield, but I'm, I don't have him as the best quarterback like you have him, Aaron. Yeah, I just think that there's a pretty good track record. Every quarterback in the NFL that is playing an insanely high level, they did it in college. Aaron Rodgers took Cal to, uh, you know, Rose Bowl, not the Rose Bowl, but big bowl games. Drew Brees took Purdue to a Big Ten championship. So to me, it tra- people say it doesn't always translate. It generally does. Now, it doesn't translate for every guy that's good in college, but I believe that you have to be really good in college to be really good in the NFL. Baker Mayfield was that. He's who I'd take number one. couple other predictions. Cavs win their series against the Pacers in seven. But oh, don't do that, man. No. What? 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 I'm jinxing them. I'm jinxing them. 
But we had hope until you just did that, Artie. Come on. That's a cheap shot, man. There will be a benches-clearing brawl of some some sort in the Cavaliers-Pacers game uh, tomorrow night. What do you think about that, Aaron? Uh, I don't know. I, I was, I it's don't know. getting chippy. It's getting chippy out there. I was going to say the stampede might be me running away from my TV because the Cavs are unwatchable right now. I don't think it's going to be a stampede onto the court. Uh, uh, my playoff prediction, Yeah, your beloved Philadelphia 76ers yes. do not win the East. That's it, it's. I don't know if it's a hot take or not. I just feel like there's a little too much love right now because of it. I have uh, not the 76ers. I haven't decided who yet. Uh, I don't even know how to take this tweet. Take your right-way lingo and go home, stinking genius. The Mets suck. That is from Playoff Legs on Twitter. So good way to end the show on that one. I love it. Uh, I will see you next weekend. We'll be in the studio together as I'm coming out to Los Angeles. How about that, big boy? I am so fired up. The Bad oh, no, Boys are radio stopping. together yeah. uh, again for the first time. It's not again. By the way, my other prediction, Josh Allen, fourth quarterback taken in this draft. Oh, I like that. I yeah. like that. I'll bring out Vermont T-shirts or, yeah, or, or maple syrup. Maple syrup for everybody out there. How about that? That's right. cool. Yeah, thanks to Raider Ryan. Uh, thanks, obviously, to Eminem. Thanks to Not my name. Thanks to my partner, Aaron Torres. I'm Marty Spanier. Coming up next, straight out of Vegas, our buddies, R.J. Bell and Steve Cofield. Always love listening to those guys. They're coming up next, a Vegas perspective of what's happening in the world of sports. So stick around for them. Uh, Coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.